Hello, I'm Paul Cuddehy and welcome to this special Read All About It podcast series, The 12 Days of Bookless. Do you see what I did there? And here's what you can look forward to. 12 days, 12 guests and a whole host of great book recommendations as each guest chooses their favourite fiction and non-fiction read of 2020. Well, I also choose a book I've enjoyed reading this year. So listen, enjoy, subscribe and spread the word about this special Read All About It podcast series. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the 12 Days of Bookless, the special podcast brought to you by Read All About It podcast. And I'm delighted to be joined on this episode by journalist Alison McConnell. Alison, welcome back to the Read All About It podcast. You're one of the, the guests for the 12 Days of Bookless and I'm intrigued to see what you've chosen as your, your fiction and non-fiction reads of 2020. What a privilege, Paul, to be back <laughs> eh, chatting about books. I, I'm sure it was my, my destiny in a former life that, that, that this would be how I spent my days. Because one of the things I'm, I'm always curious when I'm asking people what their favourite reads of 2020 is, and it's something I've done this year, I've actually taken a note of all the books that I've read over the course mm-hmm. of the year, partly because I end up forgetting half. You know, there's some books that stay with you, but there's a lot that, that you forget. So it's been quite handy uh, being able to look back on the list. Do you do something like that or is it just one of those ones where the books that you've chosen are the ones that have really stood out for you and, and remained memorable? Yeah, absolutely not. I would never have time to keep a list. It's funny, it's the same. I, I, I was out a quick run this morning and I was thinking to myself, I should really take a note of uh, all my runs as well. I'd love to know what my poor mileage is and how slow I am over the, the course of every year in my declining times. But um, no, I, I'm just not organised enough like that. But Funnily enough, we've just had a pretty big clear out at home, putting a wee sort of a glorified hut essentially in our garden to work in just because it's been so difficult in lockdown. So we'll get a lot of the books outside uh, and I've moved a lot of books upstairs. We've got a few new bookcases to take up to the bedrooms. We, we had a huge clear out and uh, that's when I think you find books that you've not read for a long time. And, of course, you start to move things right. And, of course, you open a book and you're thinking, oh, I love this, this book, or you remember it. But uh, there were books everywhere in our house, like every room. You go into it's quite a small house, and so every every room there's a wee pile of books here and there. So I've been trying to sort them all out. But I, I don't keep a formal note of anything. That's a, the short answer, a, a long way down to get there. But I think every book stays with you. I think like you always take something to a book. And it's why... I think if you're reading a book and you're not enjoy it, join it. I'd very rarely persevere with it because I just think that it's pointless. There's so many other books. Like just go, go with what your heart enjoys. Because for me, reading is just pure escapism. It's about taking a step back from your normal life and just retreating into another world. So I would never force myself to stick with a book that I, I wasn't enjoying. It's funny you're saying about the trauma of clearing out some books, and I, I did it for for one of the first times. Just because I had so many books and I just thought, right, I, I need to almost make some space in the bookshelves. So that's maybe about six months, a year ago, I gave a whole a couple of boxes to charity shop and that was fine. But then in the last two or three months, there's been two or three books that have come up in conversation and I thought, I've got that, I'll have to read it. And then I go and look and then I think, I've that, that away. So, <laughs> so I either had to get another copy and I, and I kick myself and say, right, I'm never doing that again. So I'm not doing that. I know, I've done that myself, actually, a few times. I went to give people books and I've not got them because I've, I think, oh, I've obviously, uh, I've obviously charity shopped it. But um, no, my favourite read 
the, the book I love most um, so far in 2020 is all of Kitteridge. I, I don't know if you've read it. I don't know if you've come across it. And, and it's quite a deviation, actually, from what I would normally read. I do like Antire. It's a wee bit like Antire. I like loads of crime fiction. But this is just the most gentle, fascinating study of human behaviour and human relationships. I absolutely loved it. So I read it, I think, maybe July, June or July. And I've actually just started at the weekend to the follow-up, which is just as strong, it feels, as what's picked up where it left off. But I would absolutely recommend you to go and read it. It is, it's bam for your soul. Well, do you know, it's funny when you sent through your choices, and I've read all of Kittredge's uh, by Elizabeth Stroud, and because we had a previous conversation and you'd always said, particularly with the kind of the, the, work, the demands of work, crime fiction is your go-to, so it's what you read a lot of it. So I was quite surprised because I was just expecting you to, to recommend a crime novel and I, I totally agree with you that book is I think it's like 13 interlinked short stories that tell the story of this woman all in all of Kittredge. She's quite unlikable to begin with she's very abrasive and she's really harsh and, and, and forthright and at the beginning you're thinking my god she's just an ogre but she grew on she really grew on me and I just loved the way she weaved in and around people's lives in this community and and, and just the, the way we all touch other people's lives, the way that you have a, a, the ripple effect of how every every behaviour has a consequence for, for someone else. I just, I loved it. I, I thought it was glorious. Because I think definitely you mentioned already, Anne Tyler, I know you and I have, have spoken over the years about a, a shared love of Anne Tyler and I think Elizabeth Stroud, the first book I read of hers was My Name is Lucy Barton and that's what kind of made me think that it's a really brilliant exploration of a relationship between a mother and a daughter but it's in that kind of style of it's very much I think if you like Anne Tyler you'll really love Elizabeth Stout and I think in particular as you say Olive Kittredge. Oh, it's, 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 I've loved it I, I really have loved it and I didn't want to I didn't want to read it when I finished it I, I was reluctant to finish it as I was getting to the end of it over the summer I was, I was trying to pace myself because I didn't want it to end but then I didn't want to pick up the follow-up too quickly because I thought I don't you know quite often I it might not be as strong or, or the sequence might not be in keeping with the original books. I actually only went back to it this weekend, but no, I would have to report back and say it's, it's met every expectation so far. It would definitely be my, my lockdown reading. And I found my concentration hugely affected during lockdown. I don't know if, if other people have felt that too, but I felt at times that I, I didn't have the concentration often to sit and read for big, long periods of time. I don't know why. I felt, felt a kind of restlessness all the time, which I don't, it isn't really like me. Um, so I had dipped in and out of some short stories too. And I don't know if that's what, I, I don't know if I was just in a good place to read all kittens because the, the format of, of it is almost like short, short stories with, with one central character holding them all together. Uh, but I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Have you seen the, the film? It's a kick in, I think it's a two part series with Frances McDormand, who's just a, a brilliant actor. I've not seen it. It's actually on my to do list. I've not seen it, but I love. Francis McDormand, uh, she's just, uh, I mean, you can't say anything anything more about how uh, highly regarded she is. She's outstanding, absolutely outstanding. So uh, that, that's on my list, actually, for over Christmas. Hopefully, if I've got a few days off to sit and indulge myself with that. Just on the whole kind of style of all of Kittredge, the other book that I would, I would recommend, I think you would enjoy, it's a book by Molly Ringwald, the actress who people remember from things like The Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink. And she wrote a novel maybe about three or four years ago called when it happens to you and again it's a, a novel and I think it's maybe eight or nine different interlinked stories that 
it's basically centered around this relationship between a husband and a wife and their family and what's happening and how get to the extent their the relationship's unraveling. But again, it's stories where sometimes at first you're not quite sure what the link is, but over the course of the novel, she kind of ties it all together. And I mean, I was a big fan of those novels mm-hmm. back in the day, so a big fan of her. She's a really good, she's a really, really good writer. And I think in that kind of similar style of being able to dip in and out one story, but they all kind of tie in together. I think you'd enjoy that. Oh, I'll definitely have a look for it. Definitely keep my eye out. I've also got um, Shuggy Bean, which uh, my husband has actually bought for me again a few months back. He's obviously just won the book, there's been tons of publicity around it, but I don't know about you, but they're, just, they're always a pile. Like you know, I always have a list to get through of books. I'm never, I'm never without a book. But um, the other author that I really enjoyed and that I've kind of discovered is William Boyle, an American friend writer, and I read a few of his. They were passed on to me by a friend. The best one, the most outstanding one was uh, A Friend is a Gift You Give Yourself, which I really loved as well. I would recommend it. It's like a cross between, it's like The Sopranos and Thelma and Louise or something like that. It's just, uh, and I think that might actually be the barb in the back. And to be fair, it is. <laughs> you know, it really is. And I enjoyed that too. If you just want some pure escapism and just to go away and, and read for pleasure, that would, that would have stuck out for me as well. And I also really like Marianne Keys. I read uh, Marianne Keys' book. I think away probably at the very beginning of lockdown, I, I read her latest novel. And I think there can be so much snobbery about literature and about books at times. Like I, I find her a, an easy book, an easy writer to read. I think she's so light of touch and I think she's quite funny. I think that's a really difficult thing to do. I think you underestimate how much of a skill and how much of a gift that is and how also how relatable the characters are. I think, uh, I think it's, a, it's a real gift and people can be dismissive of authors like that and, you know, I've heard their describe as chiclet and whatever. I, don't, I think that'd be very unfair. Uh, and I think if you if, if you write books that bring joy to people, then I think it's, a, it's an absolute gift. Uh, she's also brilliant on social media. She's very funny as well. She's very so. funny. She's really um, funny, and and such depth. She's got she's got such a lot of depth to her and and her story. Part of the format of this podcast was you know guest chooses one fiction, non-fiction, and then I choose a book that I've read from that list that I've been keeping in 2020. So the book that I've chosen, and it was partly when I was thinking, obviously, when you and I were going to chat. So I was thinking, what could I recommend, but also something that you might be interested in. So the book I've chosen is a book called The Hangman's Daughter by a German writer called Oliver Klotsch. And it's the first in a series of seven books that are kind of historical crime thrillers that are set in, I think it's 16th century Bavaria. And the main character is a hangman. At that time, the, the hangman was part of the town, but almost ostracised and he was kept at distance because he was obviously going to be the executioner. So he was kind of, he lived on the periphery of the town. He would torture and kill people on, you know, the instructions of the town. But also part of it was they were great healers. You know, they weren't conventional doctors in, in terms of medicine was still developed at that time, but they, they used a lot of, you know, things that they'd learned over the years in terms of easing pain. So people would surreptitiously go to the hangman if they, they had some sort of ailment. So this is this, the character. And within this story, there is a series of child murders that she has to, he's tasked with investigating because they think there's a witchcraft afoot and they arrest the, the town midwife who they, they think is instructing these witches to kill these children. So between him and his daughter and the, the son of the, the local doctor, they investigate this this crime. And it's, it's brilliantly written from a historical point of view, but it's just a real pacey thriller as well. I read them originally in Kindle, the first two or three, but I've actually got them 
there's seven in the series, so I'm kind of working my way through them, dipping and out of them. But they're brilliant, brilliant characters. He's actually the guy who wrote the books. He's descended from a line of hangmen. So I think he's wow. great, 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 great grandfather was the hangman in some village in, in Bavaria. So there's obviously a personal aspect to it, but they're really, it's crime books, they're, they're really, really good. And you know how sometimes you read historical books, sometimes the author who's done so much research wants to tell you and keeps overloading you with information when you go, when you want to say, look, I, I get it, I know what Yeah, you just mean. tell me the story. Yeah. He doesn't do that. So in the course of it, he'll drop these things in, but it's actually, it's the story, it's the characters, and that's what brings, it takes it along. So they, I would certainly, I think you would enjoy them. I'll certainly have a look. The, the other one I read that I couldn't go by without mentioning Denise Miner, who'd be like one of my, my all-time favourites, and I always get quite excited when I know that there, there's a new book coming out. So I think that was the that one came in in the summer. I think that just August or her latest book right, which I loved too. Just um, kind of looking back at all the prostitution murders that took place in in Glasgow in the nineties and. And just kind of giving a voice and a and a, a story to all these women, and and remembering that you know they were daughters and they were sisters and they were friends and they were partners and and, and who they were, rather than just the fact that you know they were sort of glossed over as these people who were kind of in the underbelly of of society. And like that too is quite interesting how really subtle changes in policing and how they were dealt with and how they were spoken to and sort of female police officers arguing and changing the, the culture and changing the mentality to try and make the world a bit safer for really vulnerable women. It was, it, it was great. It's a joy to read, but I think everything Denise Miner writes, I would, I would probably come and recommend to somebody. Because I think one of our recent novels, uh, I think it was Reese Wotherspoon, had recommended it, which obviously gives it a whole, whole new audience. Just on that, the, the kind of Denise Miner book, there was another book, I can't quite remember the name of the title, it was, maybe it was called Five Women, and it's a non-fiction book, but it's basically telling the story of the five women who were victims of Jack the Ripper, and given mm. the, much the same way as what you were saying, is taking him out of the story to an extent, and you know, so it's not front and centre as to what he did or who he was, but actually saying, these are five women, here's, here's their lives, here's their stories, they are real people, they were real victims. And yeah, absolutely. My daughter, uh, Rebecca, had read it, and she, she thought it was an amazing book. No, absolutely. And I think it's very important and, and things like that, that that you remember here, who story's about almost. When I was asking you to come on this, and obviously, as I said at the start, it's a favourite fiction book of 2020 and your favourite non-fiction. And I know the, the non-fiction one has been, a, a not I wouldn't say a struggle, but it's just that you primarily, because, I mean, again, you said it in your original podcast, time is precious. So when you want to read, you want to read something that you, you know you're going to enjoy. So you you don't really read a lot of non-fiction over the course of a year? I don't. I, I, I do. I will very occasionally dip in and out of non-fiction. If someone comes in and recommends something to me that I know enjoy, my husband more so would read non-fiction more than, than fiction. But for me, I've not, I don't think I've read anything non-fiction this year now. And I'm going to sound so pretentious here. I'll sound like an arse. But I'll, what I'll say is, if I've dipped in and out of any non-fiction, it's probably been poetry. Like, I really I have a few anthologies that I love and I quite like just dipping in and out of out of them. That would be the nearest I would get to non-fiction. However, what I have ordered is Peter Rossi's book, A Tomb with a View, which is a, a history really of Kidcart Cemetery. Now, I only discovered Kidcart Cemetery during lockdown. It's maybe a mile and a half away from me. It's not a, not a big walk at all. And 
but it's tucked away. It's one of those weird places that I have passed a hundred times and not actually seen, if that makes sense, because it's just behind the, the main road. But during lockdown, when, when like so many people would have been, we were out walking and taking different routes out, taking a meander, and we started to walk through Cuscart Cemetery. And some of the stories are, are fascinating. I actually started to follow Cuscart Cemetery on my Twitter feed because they were explaining some of the stories about the people who are buried there. So there's a suffragette who's buried in Cuscart Cemetery. Dan Morrill's mum, I think, is buried in Cuscart Cemetery. So I have this, I've ordered this book because Peter Ross is so hugely influential and he think he, he's responsible for cleaning up some of the stones and telling the stories of the people who are there. So I'm really looking, I've ordered that, I'm really looking forward to reading it and then going back to the cemetery and having a walk around too because it's fascinating, really, really intriguing stories and there's also a, the most spectacular view across the, the whole of the city. At one point when you're pretty high up and some of those summer evenings, it was just beautiful. I think you know that sometimes there's books that you become aware of just through word of mouth or, you know, particularly nowadays through social media. And that book seems to have garnered a lot of interest, but also almost universal praise that people who... He's such an... He's a really good writer, actually. Exactly. But I think people seem to have really engaged with that book. And it's like... So I think it was last was it last year it was the first time I'd ever been up the necropolis, for example, and and walked around that, and it was it was fascinating. I mean, you could literally spend hours in these places because it's it's really a it's a kind of social history of your your city or you know like yeah. of that area and it, the stories which are, I'm presuming that's what he's done in this book is is almost bringing them to life as it were. It's also nice to remember. I think that all of human life is there. You know, there's nothing that you've experienced that someone before you hasn't. And a fairly sobering reminder that life is short and you have to go and make the most of it and enjoy what you have. But it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. But it is like a social history too. And these elaborate tombs and constructs, you think like, you know, you can spot families that came from real wealth and of substantial means and substantial social standing because of these these huge tombs that are erected in their memory. I'm sure I'm sure in the back of this book there'll be plenty there's probably as you say, there's probably loads of people who stay in that area that, that probably never realised it was there or not even maybe realised but realised the history of what That's exactly that's exactly it. Because it's actually we go through Lynn Park a lot and it's just the street behind Lynn Park and I, I run along it all the time and the cemetery is my left hand side. But I'd never thought to walk through it. It's just, uh, and it was just one of those days. It was a nice night. It's out a walk. I had my, my daughter was out with me, and we had just taken a, a meander through. And it, it was just really and really fascinating. But so really fascinating. And then when, when we start to hear some of the other stories that are coming out, I think Danny Garavelli and the, and Peter Ross were really tweeting lots of things about it. And when you start to realise the history that's here, of course, then you're encouraged to go back and have another look and and do your nosy a wee bit again. So that might well be, if I chat to you this time next year, that might be your best favourite non-fiction book of 2021. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> There's every chance. Well, listen, Alison, thanks very much for, for joining me on the 12 Days of Bookmas with your, your book recommendations. And over and above, I, and I always know this happens when anybody comes on, that you ask for one or two book choices, but you end up, I'm sure anybody <laughs> listening, ends up with about a dozen different books that they want to go and investigate, which is... I suppose the whole the whole beauty of the podcast and the whole beauty of books as well. 
Absolutely. No, I'm definitely going to go and have a look at the hangman stuff. I'm now you're going to encourage me to go and spend more money on books after clearing out. You can never have enough books in your house. I know, indeed. Thanks for listening to the 12 Days of Bookness, a special Read All About It podcast series that is so special it even has its own theme tune. You can subscribe to the podcast and leave a review which will help other book lovers find us. And I hope you can join me, Paul Cuddy, on the next episode. In the meantime, keep reading. Keep reading.